0: Welcome to Pop Yak, where we yak about pop culture. This is a first impressions podcast, so I don't really do any research before going in here. I just give my thoughts straight off the dome. Of course, I'll do things like miss the fact that last time we watched The Boys, Huey watched Starlight get shot in the chest by the Butcher. What the fuck, Butcher? Are all superheroes just kind of like impervious to bullets? Or bullets don't kill them? I would like a list, a rundown on a list of all the superpowers. powers. And probably after I finish season two... I'm going to dive deep into the wiki and figure things out, and then for season three, I'll be more prepared. This episode starts out in Syria, and we see uh, Homelander in the military. I'm not sure if he went there on his own. He gave the soldiers the whole, you're the real heroes line, which is like, ugh, let's sew. Those kind of things cut a little deeper because we know that he's a trash person. He goes inside of this uh, bunker, and he just kills people left and right in the dark, and all you see are his piercing, glowing eyes and it's fucking scary. Like, imagine being chased down by this guy. This, this definitely does make me want to watch that movie about what if Superman was a child and, you know, instead was a horrible monster. I heard it didn't get really good reviews. I'll check it out, see if it's worth watching. Madame Vought tells the government, Oh no, it looks like the terrorists have counterfeited our formula for compound V. If there wasn't any Compound v. Madame Vought, this wouldn't have fucking happened. So I still think that the Vought Corporation is in... If I was the government, I'd still find the Vought Corporation in the wrong because you created the problem and then are like, here's the solution to the problem. Making a problem that only you can solve is the, it's the best business, but it's also the shittiest business. The senator that she's talking to is not stupid. He totally understands the situation. He understands that she's full of baloney and that it's her fault that this compound V is out there and it exists. And the superheroes, hey, they aren't real. They're created and not born. Once that gets out into the public, that's going to cause mass chaos. People are upset about GMOs. Can you imagine fake heroes? The boys are hiding in a motel and they're trying their best to figure their shit out because they are in deep doo-doo right now. Considering that they were in the office of that woman in the government, what the fuck happened? Did they just go, well, there's a terrorist. We You got to get the fuck out of here. Instead of taking the deal. And it's probably because, uh uh-oh, you guys killed Translucent, whoops. Which, I don't know if there's any hard evidence for that. Maybe, I don't know, Frenchie's spray paint handwriting? They definitely are on camera doing shit, so. Murder Girl is doing some makeup, combing her hair. She wants to look pretty. It's really cool to see uh, Murder Girl coming out of a funk a bit and feeling more comfortable around these people, enough so that she wants to practice some self-care. Good for you, Murder Girl. Deep is back in his tiny apartment in the middle of nowhere. He has his like handler with him and he's like, oh man, get ready to celebrate, boy. I'm going to the military. Ah, no, actually, they they don't need you. Yeah, they don't. Most of their situations that they're dealing with don't involve the Navy too much. Even if you weren't in trouble, you probably weren't needed for this. This is specifically made for Homelander. Looking at the heroes, I think the only people that wouldn't qualify to go on these military missions is Starlight and The Deep. Sorry, Deep, there's nothing much you can do here. And apparently they didn't just make one villain, they made several super villains because they had A-Train giving out Compound V to everybody, which makes sense now why he was giving it to Murder Girl. The whole Compound V, what is A-Train doing situation is, is totally understandable now. He was delivering the Compound V to those people to help make terrorists, just like he delivered it across the world to make more terrorists. So there's terrorists everywhere that are just super powered up. The boys all get caught and get captured. The only ones that don't get captured is Huey and the Butcher, because they're on their own little solo mission. Once they find out, ah shit, they've been made, they, they go on a little solo mission to talk to somebody that the Butcher knows. And it turns out to be the person that sent him on this path of vengeance. Honestly, I think, like, you know, I feel like, to me, I think she created this monster she should kind of put him down. You know what I mean? But it looks like she's not really in any position to do anything. It looks like she was kind of banished to the outskirts of whatever the fuck. They said, here's your severance package. Enjoy your nice mansion. Do not do anything else. Have a good day. So I think she's been kind of effectively defanged. Whereas the butcher's like, you put me on this quest. I need more items. And she's like, all I got for you is information. Superheroes weaknesses are their loved ones which is why in marvel comics civil war registering as a hero and telling people who what your name was was a big problem spider-man came out first and said hey look i'm gonna register with the government and he took off his mask in front of everybody and he was like yo i'm peter parker and while he was teaching in school because i do believe he was working at empire state university at the time as a professor while he was teaching venom just burst through the fucking wall and attacked him at his job they're gonna go after the people you care about They're going to kidnap Aunt May. They're going to kidnap Mary Jane. They're going to kidnap Flash Thompson. He probably doesn't care that much about Flash Thompson. But they're going to kidnap Harry Osborn. You know, it's a problem. Harry Osborn has a kid and a wife. This whole situation sucks for everybody in Peter Parker's circle of friends and their circle of friends. Having Butcher finding out the information of Homelander's weakness is the person he cares about. And that person is Madame Vaught. She gave him the item that was necessary to move on to the next level. They try to go back to the motel, but everything's been replaced. The windows and stuff. There's a flower van out front. And Huey's like, how do you know? He's like, there's a flower van. Literally, we just were in a van that was unmarked, sitting outside of places. What do you think? Sorry for my bad British accent. But uh, just so you know who was talking there. Huey also like learned a lesson. Huey's like, look, we can't leave our friends. This is fucked up. This is another one of those pangs of guilt that Huey has that you kind of re- you kind of realize that Huey's a good person but this time Huey kind of makes a little bit of sense when he's like hey Butcher we're not, we're gonna just abandon our friends and it's like Butcher's like yeah I was using them just like I'm using you just like I'm using you to use other people. Huey's like you know what those little moments where I have a Peter Parker idea of hey why didn't you save that person why didn't you do this that's really fucked up this is really fucked up this is the last. Sh-. There's only so many times I I can say to you this is fucked up before I break up this toxic relationship. There's only so many times you should put up with a shitty friend. And that's not even, like, crime or whatever, right? It just could be like, man, every time I talk to you, it fucks up my mood kind of thing. You just cut, you gotta cut that person off. If that person doesn't bring you anything but drama and trouble, you gotta cut them out of your life. And good on Huey for actually, it looks. it looks like he's doing that because Butch is, fuck you, Huey. I'm sure next season, Huey and butcher gonna meet up again and butcher's gonna you know come on one more time for old time's sake he's literally done that to everybody that he's come in contact with everyone so i'm sure he's gonna do it to huey huey's only got burned by him the one like really burned by him the one time and he'll probably talk huey into it but huey's the one with the gift of gab so i think huey could probably talk himself out of going back to the butcher a train is walking around on crutches And he goes into a store to look for sneakers, which sometimes you got to get some J's. Pick up those J's now. Get those Air Force Ones. When the casts come off, you got the drip going on. But he goes into the store and he's being like followed around by the security guard. You know how that is. You walk into a place and somebody goes, oh, you're black. You're probably going to steal something. First of all, when you go into a shoe store, usually they don't have both pair of shoes out there for you to steal. They got them. They have one shoe on the wall. That's the one. (laughs) You got to like ask for them to bring out the box second of all this man has a crutch maybe it's just a scheme you know this guy on crutches comes into the place and pretends he's hurt so that he can easily run out of there but if the guy's on has a fucking cast on it's still gonna make his escape it's still gonna hinder his escape i'm sure you can capture him but then again the security guard looks kind of old looks a little haggard looks like he probably couldn't catch somebody trying to run out of the store but i'm sure somebody hindered by a cast you can catch them does some kids start recording him and going, oh shit is that a train It's really shitty that this guy doesn't recognize A-Train. Like I said before, the only secret identity people have are, like, a pair of sunglasses or, ooh, you look different in your different outfit or your hair is different sometimes. Which, granted, that can change the way people look for a second. But you all have that feeling when you're in a store and you're in a supermarket and you see somebody you knew in high school and you're like, is that Derek? No, that's not Derek. That looks awful lot like Derek. I'm sure the security guard had that feeling. This dude had a Funko Pop. I'm sure he's recognizable to you. But the person on the in the shoe store advertisements now is the fastest man in the world is the other guy. But I'm not so sure a guy as old as this is, quick, is gonna move on as quickly as the, those teenagers might have, right? Because I get it. Like, imagine a meme. That meme is forgotten about in, like, two weeks because that's just the lifespan of those things. But a superhero in the country who is literally saving people outside of your door, who's literally saving people out and around your neighborhood, is probably not somebody you're going to just forget his face as soon as he's replaced by another fastest man. Mm, I don't know. But yeah, it just came off as bullshit that he's following A-Train around. Instead of the teenagers especially. Like, fuck off. But it's just to make A-Train angry. So he uses that anger and Compound V to get back into shape, to heal up his leg, which that's crazy that the Compound V healed up his leg that's probably why now that i think about it Starlight got shot in the chest and was able to shrug it off remember the hero is supposed to be unkillable and he tells his brother to fuck off i honestly thought i predicted last episode that he was gonna kill his brother he didn't he just kind of let him go well his brother kind of just left him And I think that that probably hurt him a lot more than killing, uh, killing his brother ever could, is the fact that his brother, who's his only family really, just said, you know what, fuck this, fuck you, and walked away from him. I mean, he killed Popclaw, but blames other people for it. So I don't think killing his brother would have bothered him too much. He cuts his hair in like a, in a breakdown moment, you know, Britney Spears style. I want to know what happens to the deep going forward. Is this the start of his change after being like assaulted himself? Does he understand what he did to others? I'm all in for a a deep redemption arc i think the torture porn of watching this man go through hell he's already dead (laughs) you know either shit or get off the pot with this character either redeem him or let's stop following his torture fucking gus shows up from breaking bad I can't remember his first name, but I want to say Esposito is his last name. I love this actor. For me to constantly forget his name, I'm like, because he's in everything. Like, you'll watch something and go, oh shit, it's that guy. Uh, I don't know him as Gus from Breaking Bad, but I knew him from an episode of Community where he played the villain there. And this show, I can't remember what it's called, I think it was Blackout or something where like... The world loses all of its electricity. It's like Fallout, but instead of nukes, it was EMPs. They start to rebuild and learn to live without electricity. And he is, again, a villain in that. And then the next Far Cry game that's coming out, he's a villain in that shit too. And it's like, goddamn, this guy is only a villain, always. (laughs) And also, Gus gave Madame V a promotion. He was like, you know, you've been doing some good shit. All the shit you were able to do, maybe I'm thinking about retiring. You never know. (laughs) So she got it made. And as soon as somebody has something good in their life, prepare for them to die because nobody's allowed to have anything. And I thought that it was Vought giving the villains powers. It was Homelander himself running around giving people powers or giving the po- giving the compound V to A-Train to give them powers. Huey gets himself arrested. He gets his retainer in. Frenchie is able to use that to escape. Frenchie is the best. He can do anything. And so can Mother's Milk. Mother's Milk can do anything with his fists. <laughs> and what that is, knock the retainer out of his mouth. Huey didn't reveal if he had powers or not in this season, but I bet he does. There's a lot of fun shenanigans as they escape, and he saves them. Then a superhero showdown happens, which was really cool. They use super speed in this scene so well. I think the thing with super speed is that people think that it can't be touched now after the X-Men movies did such a good job with Quicksilver. This was a really good way of how to show it. It was an eye candy. It was a really pretty fight considering it was dark as balls in that room, but the darkness made starlight's powers, cooler looking and then because he's hopped up on a bunch of drugs this dude has a heart attack and just collapses huey tries to save him starlight's like get the fuck out of here before you get caught and he's like no i gotta stay here his spider-man ideology of hey i want to be a hero really kind of almost cost him it actually shows starlight the kind of person he actually is she actually finally learned something real about huey other than the fact that he lived with his dad. Now we go over to Homelander and the Butcher. Butcher decides, I'm gonna go to Madame Vought's house. I'm going to give her a nice explosive vest and I have the detonator. And I'm gonna sit right here because if I go, who cares if I go? I just want Homelander to feel pain. I know that he has the power to uh, withstand the blast but she don't this is a long drawn out scene but it really works to ramp up the tension uh Homelander picks up a baby he hates this baby but Madam Bot just keeps begging him please save the baby please save the baby and Homelander's like one bitch why are you talking to me and two you care about that goddamn baby so much you know I'm a superhero right I got this and she keeps save the baby save the baby and he's like you know what I do care about you but Eh. and he melts her fucking face right in front of the butcher to show him i ain't got no weaknesses pal i don't have no strings to hold me down and butcher's like "Ah, well fuck it he blows the uh bomb vest up and homelander saves him and i'm like good honestly i was like fuck you butcher and i felt like fuck you butcher for the last like half of the season so seeing him not get the satisfaction of just dying and his quest to be over is not over it felt great And then, where Homelander takes him is even better. Homelander takes him to find his wife, or his ex-wife, raising Homelander's kid. It looks like relative seclusion and off the radar. They have a really nice house. Uh, A friend of mine called this 100%. One thing that I noticed is the video feed cut off. And it's like, oh, it's too gruesome to show. But they only cut it off because she doesn't die. Homelander could handle some gruesomeness. The doctor said his biggest mistake was having a super child not be nurtured and loved by a mom. By a family in general. So my friend said, how much would have bet that baby survived? And the doctors helped them get out and raise the baby somewhere where he's nurtured. She was 100% right. But I love that Butcher has to see it. This is like his worst nightmare come true. And it's so good. It's like, fuck you, Butcher. You're such a horrible little selfish man. <laughs> also, yeah uh fuck homelander it got me really excited to watch season two so i'm so happy that i don't have to wait for season two but that was a perfect place to leave it i think so to just to get you thirsty enough to watch more it left you on a cliffhanger but it gave you a feel-good ending (laughs) or gave me a feel-good ending because i'm an asshole time for wandavision every episode of wandavision outdoes the last episode of wandavision it's crazy really So this episode, we start with uh, Monica Rambeau getting unsnapped, and it's really cool to see somebody kind of reconstituted into a physical being. She's a member of S.W.O.R.D., which we gathered by her fancy necklace. You know, we were wondering why she was wearing a S.W.O.R.D. necklace, and I was like, oh, maybe she's a a mole that was sent in to do this kind of thing and uh, try to get Wanda back. But no, she wasn't. She accidentally got sucked into this world. But yeah, she wasn't supposed to be in this world, so she didn't have a speaking role. When Wanda asks, like, oh, hi, you know, who are you, whatever, she's legitimate. She has no idea who this woman is because, oh, maybe this is a new friend that's been living in the neighborhood that I didn't notice before. We see each episode uh, in the show, and I'm trying to figure out how long have each episode been airing? Is this just a half an hour in time for Wanda and the people outside the bubble as well as a half an hour for us? Because if it's not, and it's like days or whatever, I feel so bad for Monica Rambeau, who just lost two years because of the snapping has to lose more time because she's stuck in WandaVision. When she does get sucked in, she goes to visit Westview. She's like, what the fuck's going on here? And she meets Jimmy Woo there, who I adore him. Oh my goodness. I didn't see Ant-Man because no, that movie is not for me. I am not cool with the amount of ants on screen. So this is my first encounter with Jimmy Woo. And he's fucking fantastic. He's the fun, bubbly agent that we kind of miss from Colton. Because Colton was kind of like a straight man who secretly had a soft side. But with Jimmy Woo, he's just fun from the word go. And he's also serious. He takes his job seriously. Also, I forgot to mention, when Monica drove into this town, there was a sinus in New Jersey. And I visibly... Gave a thumbs down because I'm from New York. You know how that is. Also, the fact that it was just a sign on the sign on the road instead of the words New Jersey and like the biggest font that you can get, and like Monica didn't have to drive through like the giant E or something, fucked me up. It was weird. There's a force field around the town of Westview, which the cops are like, Westview don't exist. And Monica looks at the sign and then looks at them. It reminds me of the from the clip from Harvey Birdman when the Jetsons are like, we're from the far off future of 2004. And he looks at his, like, calendar and then back at them. (laughs) Monica also, I love her and her attitude. And she's able to portray the fact that she's struggling but trying to hold it together. But the force field around Westview, it looks like CRT interference. Or when you get real close to one of those old TVs, it looks like the old CRT interference. I love that. I was like, damn, what a nice touch to this. She touches it and gets sucked in and the effect they used for her getting sucked in reminds me of like, there was a movie where everybody got sucked into a television. They had to like go through changing channels. I want to say Rick Moranis was in it because I believe that he's in every, you know, movie where things go wrong and he's the dad. It reminded me of that, that effect of getting sucked into a television. They also used it a ton in commercials to show kids getting sucked into commercials and enjoying, I don't know, Kool-Aid or Capri Sun or whatever. So those effects just brought me back because that's like the whole idea of the show. S.W.O.R.D. surrounds this force field and tries to get an answer and figure out what the hell's going on. They bring in a bunch of scientists and one of them happens to be Jane Foster's friend who I didn't like in that movie and I don't like now. I know people are gonna like her quirky dialogue that she's like oh she's like a fun character from like Buffy or something. But she's like a character written by somebody that watched Buffy and then said, I want to write a character like that, but had no idea how to do all the nuance and the, and know how to write the snappiness of her. She just seems like an asshole and not a fun snappy person because everybody she comes in contact with, she's an asshole too, except for Jimmy Woo, because look at him. Can you be mean to him? What a good guy. So she can't hate Jimmy Wu either, but every person she comes in contact with, she's a sn- she's a snarky asshole to them. And I it just rubbed me the wrong way. She was the same way in Thor the Dark World and that rubbed me the wrong way. The first thing she does is like somebody's like, "Oh, uh, Miss Whatever Whatever," and she's like, "Doctor." And I was like, "You know what? Yeah." Because you didn't go to fucking school for eight years to not be called doctor. That one, I'll give her. I'll let it slide. It's like she's trying to be Aubrey Plaza, but doesn't have the presence. Aubrey Plaza can fucking kill you with a glare and make all that and deliver all that snarky stuff with the air of a threat behind it. But she just kind of seems, again, like an asshole. When this one soldier who was like asking a bunch of questions because he didn't know what was going on, she's being a dick to him. But honestly, but I get it. This is the guy that didn't give her her right title, right? So she maybe she's a little aggy with him. They show a guy talking to Wu. And I'm like, why isn't this guy talking to the not Aubrey Plaza character? Because he's the one who kind of just give me information and then I'll shut up and listen instead of asking a bunch of questions. And then in that very same scene, they met. And I was like, oh, great. Two fucking puzzle pieces. After that, he's like, all right, I got to bounce. She figures things out pretty quickly. Because, you know, that's her fucking job. They get her a CRTV. The thing that kills me is like, she's this know-it-all that's like up her own ass about it, but she doesn't know what a CRTV is called. And it's like, we're the same age. Let me know if I'm just annoyed by this person. I feel like she's, she might be everybody's favorite character. And I'm like, Woo is where it's at. I'm on the Woo train. But they figure out that there's the Wanda television show playing and it's going through decades. They're watching it and having a good time, but they're also getting information and writing things down like, hey, Vision is dead. What's up with that? these people in this town have different names and stuff in this world. The name Heart rung a bell to me because there's a character in Wanda's history who has that last name, who's a dickhead to her. And the fact that he chokes on his food, she kind of lets him suffer for a bit, I have a feeling that that's why. They live in a house. Whose house was that before they moved into it? I have a feeling it really was for sale And that's where Wanda decided to take up residence. It's kind of like when you walk into a new Minecraft village and you're like, where's the coolest house? She's Let's playing a Minecraft playthrough where she's role-playing a random villager. But she's doing things that are wacky and crazy because, well, she has, she can do things the villagers can't, like, speak. They're like, hey, Vision's dead, that's not, I'll tell you how. Wanda is too powerful. Because, yeah, it harkens back to House of M and how Wanda was in that. Where she kind of creates her own universe, her own reality. And she takes all the people that she knows and instills them in her own reality. The thing is that if I remember right about Wanda, the one weakness she has to her powers is that she... It's like D&D, right? This is a concentration spell. So when she uses her powers, she gets freaked out by Geraldine, who's not Geraldine, and sends her back to this reality. Her concentration breaks on the rest of it, and everybody else can go hey vision this is bad because and then she gets her concentration back and they're like oh everything's fine when they were back in the regular world and we see them writing these things down and sticking up uh posters on the wall it that's me just writing my notes for these uh pop yaks just like okay this character is here this character is there this is that mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm this is this and this and this like we have monica rambeau who is the little girl from from Captain Marvel, the Captain Marvel movie, who was honestly the best part of Captain Marvel was that little girl. She was so good. Um, I didn't really dig the Captain Marvel movie. It just felt too formulaic for me. And they kind of wanted me to like a pretty unlikable character. But that little girl stole my heart. And I was like, man, if Captain Marvel was more like this little girl, I would like her a lot more, but they wrote her as a typical military hard-ass, which is like, ugh, nobody likes that character. That character is usually the villain. That's the character in Jurassic World that wants to buy dinosaurs to put them in the military, even though that's a ridiculous idea, because dinosaurs don't have guns. The daughter- from there that's all you need to know right now like if you if you were going to go back and watch Captain Marvel thinking that that was going to change something it it doesn't um you don't need to watch Captain Marvel in order to watch the Avengers you don't need to watch Captain Marvel to watch this show I've yet to have had a reason to tell somebody to watch that movie Wu tries to get Wanda's attention through the radio that was the idea of the quirky girl which was a pretty good idea he does get in contact with her but the the scene changes and they finally notice this when they she finds out about Geraldine snaps and like walks toward her like she's fucking Michael Myers, and then it it just gets edited out, and Wanda is with Vision, and they're having a happy time with their kids, and they're watching TV, and Jimi Hendrix starts playing, and I legitimately thought, what's the New World Order have to do with this? We also see the beekeeper. I forgot to mention the beekeeper because I was scared of him, and (laughs) my brain uh, pushed him out of my memory immediately, but he shows up covered in bees, and she just looks at him and goes, nope. And he gets rocketed back out of the world. He gets reversed back out of this, where he's going. What does that mean for him? I don't know. We only really see the fate of Geraldine, which she, she gets popped out of this world, still remembers what's going on, and is like, all that shit is Wanda. All that shit is Wanda. She has the entire city in an invisible bubble. And she's living out her fantasy. She's coping with all of this trauma by living her best life, which is in a sitcom. Because honestly, the only things that really go wrong in a sitcom are things that are fixed in a half an hour. And she's happy with Vision and the babies. And the problems are not just fixed, they're funny. When when the guy walked in there, he was just wearing kind of like a hazmat suit so he doesn't get contaminated by whatever the fuck's going on with Wanda's power because there's a lot of radiation in there and it's getting worse. Also, when you say there's radiation to a soldier, of course he's going to freak out, not Aubrey Plaza. What the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> Stop saying things if you're not gonna explain them she's just talking out loud though it's probably her way of problem solving but goddamn when they send him in in the hazmat suit he changes into a beekeeper which might be wanda remembering being tortured by aim because aim is a group of assholes from the marvel universe who wear these costumes and they look like beekeepers so wanda probably saw one of these dudes and went oh evil beekeeper don't like him and soon as she as soon as he passed through this force field that's what he became And as soon as she saw the evil beekeeper, she's like, get the fuck out of here. We are not doing the aim shit again. We see Vision, when he comes back in, because it's a concentration spell, he kind of is just his corpse for a moment. And then I'm like, oh, that's morbid. Is she puppeting his corpse? Did Wanda do a necrophilia? (laughs) Which means if she did, she created life. Wanda is that powerful. Just think about that for a minute. How powerful Wanda is. She's way more of a threat than Ultron. Because Ultron wasn't really a threat. He was a bit lame, if I'm being honest. He was charismatic as fuck, but that's it. I am hooked on this show, but that's it for Yak for this week. We're going to have a season two, so to speak. We're going to start over. We're going to still cover WandaVision. We'll pick the boys back up a little later, but I want to do something a little different next week uh, for season two of Yak, I'm calling it. Send me some critiques to tell me, hey, I like this. I hate this. Maybe you should change that at audio underscore DE on Twitter. We'll uh, also try to see if we can get a nice stable date to have these come out as well. I like Thursdays for these. The mood's about to change in a good way. Subscribe to the podcast, see what that is maybe. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell them to subscribe. Catch up on old TV with me. Subscribe, we can hang out.